here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today I'd like to discuss this question, are there levels of consciousness? And for the most part, I'd like to leave out the word consciousness. Something doesn't fit quite right with me, and that word, somehow we don't get along too well. Of course, the relationship between me and consciousness is great. We get along like a house on fire. But the word, using the word, having it come out of my mouth, is something a little bit, I don't know, I just don't like it. Is that good enough of a reason? And this question, are there levels of consciousness, seems a bit metaphorical to me. And that might be a way into answering this question. And I'll tell you now, I've told you before, I'll tell you again that there's this little trick we can have in our toolkit box, which is that whenever you get a metaphorical question, you can turn it into a literal question. Are there levels of consciousness? Well, are there levels in a building? Are there levels in a house? Are there levels on a mountain? If you're climbing a mountain, are you going up the mountain? Are there levels of understanding? Are there levels of complexity? Are there levels in cities? Are there levels in your computer game? Are there levels in a relationship? Are there levels in a desert? Are there levels in a tree? Wait, a tree? How can a tree have levels? A tree is a tree. Well, what if you have a tree house in it? Well, then that's one level, and then there's the ground level. Might be that you have to build a ladder to get to the tree house. Are there ladders on a tree? Are there ladders in a building? Are there ladders in psychological maps? Are there levels to psychology? (laughs) That's a good one. And ladders, well, ladders are funny, aren't they? Like, what's this game, Snakes Snakes and Ladders? You go up the ladder, and if you get a snake, you go down. It's a bit discriminatory to the snakes, isn't it? And you're going along the path, the squares. You uh, Let me just illustrate again, remind you again of what the game Snakes and Ladders is, as I understand it. You roll the dice and you move your piece along the squares and you're sort of going in one direction. But if you find a ladder, you can go up and you can jump ahead. But if you land on a snake, then you fall backwards. And it's a question of who gets there first and who can make their ins and outs. 
Is consciousness a board game? Is life a board game? Is life a puzzle? These are metaphorical questions. Now, when we talk about ladders or levels, then basically, what's the bigger, more broad sort of metaphor that's getting played at here or being implied here? And most broadly, I think it's just a way of navigating, a way of moving around. And we can say, well, moving around what? If we talk about levels, we're moving around the house. We're going up the stairs or up the ladder. Up the elevator. And if we're talking about consciousness, well, is there, is there an elevator for consciousness? Is there a staircase for consciousness? And these things like consciousness or the self or the mind or experience or values or meaning, they always have ways of talking about them which are metaphorical, which if we boil the metaphor down, is just like you being in your room and then going out for a trip around the neighborhood. You're going around your neighborhood with your body. You might be walking or driving. You might be going to different places and you might climb up a ladder. You might climb a tree to get into a treehouse. You might go into another building and go up the levels through the elevator. So this thing, like if we brainstorm, what, what does it mean to navigate around something? We can think of all different ways of things, dooby-de-boobars, within that category. So we've already got ladders and levels. What about hierarchies? That's similar to ladders, isn't it? Hierarchies, that's often a word that comes to associate with ladders. When we're talking about ladders in a psychological, metaphorical sense. And what about spirals? Spirals actually can be similar to levels. If you have a spiral that, that's stretched, if you have a 3D spiral, not a flat spiral, if it's a 2D spiral, it's just one level, but that gets bigger and bigger, but then you can pull your, pull your spiral like a slinky outwards, like a spring, and then you have levels. And it's a little bit different to a ladder or just the levels of a building because then you have spirals that merge. Each level sort of merges into another. And then you have systems. You have procedures. You have processes. You have recipes. We can have formulas. We can have theories. We can have beliefs. We can have a web now, a web is a good one that's well illustrated by, actually, Alan Watts. And I've got this book with me. Called, it's called The Book by Alan Watts. Very famous book. And the subtitle is On the Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are. And on page 58, he's got this picture of a squiggle. And the squiggle looks completely random and no sense to it at all. It's just a random squiggle and it's really weird. 
And then on the next page, page 59, he's drawn a web. He's drawn lateral lines and long, sorry, vertical and horizontal lines to make these squares. And that's like a web, like a fisherman's net. Like, is there a, and, and well, he says, let me just, let me just say, let me just quote a little bit of what he says. Quote, millennia ago, some genius discovered that such wiggles as fish and rabbits could be caught in nets. Much later, some other genius thought of catching the world in a net. End quote. So here in this very book, The Book by Alan Watts, he's getting at this exact thing we are talking about, which is the metaphor and the literal fisherman's net and how that's related to abstract, mystical realms such as the self, the mind, consciousness, experience, value, meaning. And then we also have maps and states and structures and designs. And all these different metaphors, they have different applications. They have different meanings and they're applied in different ways. Like if you're talking about a a recipe of consciousness, well, usually we, we talk more about transformative practice. So basically, the term transformative practice or an awareness technique is a recipe for consciousness or a recipe for awareness. And so, well, you ask yourself, what, what, is, a, what is a recipe literally? Well, you have your ingredients and then you have the amounts for each ingredient And then you have the process of how you mix them, the order in which they're going into. You have how long to cook it for, what temperature to cook it for, what goes on afterwards, how you present it, and what to expect. And you follow the procedure. That's exactly the same as doing transformative practice such as meditation or yoga or tai chi and the list goes on another one i really like is this one of the vehicle so your vehicle your car is one of the ways you get around it's how you navigate the physical world it's how you get about your neighborhood your city And that, as a metaphor, can be applied to your consciousness. And more, well, perhaps more neatly and more sort of appropriately, we can say that the self is a vehicle. And you can say, well, Dosta, that sounds very abstract. What is the self? Oh, no, you're not bringing up that again. Oh, no, did we... Did we really just say that? What is the self? The self is an illusion. Oh, no. Did you really just bring this up? No, the self is not an illusion. It's a vehicle, just like a car. You know what a car is, metaphorically speaking? (laughs) Can you answer? This works both ways. You can answer literal questions metaphorically. Wow, now we're getting into some. Now we're getting into some deep territory. When we start to talk about that, 
Let's just keep it one way at this stage. Metaphorical question answered literally. What is the self? It's a vehicle. Well, what, what does a car do? You sort of, you get into it. And a certain thing turns it on. And once it's up and running, it has an ability. And that ability is different to when it's on to when it's off. It also needs fuel, so you need to put something into it to keep it going. It needs upkeep. You need to change your tires. You need to change your oil. It takes an effort. There are also things that can go wrong. It can break down. It can have deterioration. There might be a crash. And these are your psychological pathologies. These are your self-esteem issues. These are your hang-ups your anxieties, your childhood traumas, your childhood conditionings. But if all's running all right, and it's all quite smooth, then you can drive around in your car. And what happens when you drive around? Well, you decide where to go, and you have these ideas of why you're going where you're going. And you go there at a certain speed. People are going at different speeds. And some speeds are quite normal. Some speeds are socially acceptable. And if you're going too slow, they'll bump bump into you and beep the horn. If you're going too fast, they'll say slow down or anything in between. And the scenery changes. And things look different. And you start to become familiar. You become more and more familiar when you drive around your neighborhood more. There are places which you are more familiar with or less familiar with. And this is the exact analogy of the self and what it's like to grow through ego development and consciousness development. And it might be that you have to drive up a mountain. You have to drive yourself... (laughs) You have to drive yourself up a few levels to reach over the mountain. (laughs) And it might even be that at certain points you need to get out of your car, leave your car behind, and continue on foot. And the analogy continues there. And and really, it's it's so staggering to me how, how important it is to have metaphorical thinking and to have a very clear difference between metaphorical thinking and literal thinking and philosophical questions or literal questions. And it's not just the ability to see the difference, but it's also what we're doing here, which is to see how they interplay between each other and how they're reversible and how they help to build up an image. And even even image is a metaphor when we're talking about reality or consciousness. And we turn an image into a metaphor by answering it literally. Well, well, what's an image of consciousness? Well, what's an, what's, what's an image normally? Well, we can say a photo is an image, which is a single point in time. 
and it's been composed with your foreground, your midground, your background, your lighting, your coloring, your subject material. And it's been composed in this way to convey a message. And that's if it's a that's if it's like you're using a professional photographer. And and on the other scale, on the on the even further scale, we have images that are completely contrived. Images that have CGI and certain accentuated parts. And what comes to mind there is these fashion ads and these images of women and makeup ads and these beauty standards and the whole culture of how women should look. But that is applied to a consciousness metaphor or this analogy of the image of consciousness is, well, someone's taken an image of consciousness by contriving, composing one point in time. And it might be that you say, well, that's not an accurate image because the thing that you've taken a photo of has changed. And also the image is contrived. You've got too much of the foreground or background. It's not realistic. And that's another that's another deviation from this question is is a, is an image real? While you think about that, let me just take a sip of water. So consciousness I- images of stages of consciousness or aspects of consciousness can be understood in exactly the way that just regular images can. And if you can understand just regular images, then you can see what a image of consciousness is trying to convey. Take, for example, the psychedelic experience and look at look at Alex Gray's art that's an image of a state of consciousness and his images are composed and they're completely set in time they're completely still and they're only of a single moment a single second a fraction of a second it's like he's gone to a place in his consciousness, and he's taken a photo, click. And then he's come back, and he's painted up this photo so that we can see it. And you might say, well, that's contrived, Alex Gray. You've misinformed me. That's not an accurate image because, actually, when you're at that point in consciousness, things are moving, things are changing, and you really should have made a film. And, well... To that we just say each medium has its limits and its strengths to conveying a message. So what about a story? What about the story of consciousness? What about the story of the self? What about the story of the mind? The story of meaning 
the story of your life. Is the story of your life a metaphor? And to answer that, you answer it in exactly the same way. But we've answered all these other metaphorical questions. And you can see that when you tell the story of your life, there is something that's not entirely accurate. There is something that is stuck in the representation mode. And it's only ever a representation of your life. And you can take this the other way. You can start to think, well, it's only a representation. That means it's not real. And you can throw out this idea. You can, you can get a sense, like I've felt like this at times. You can get a sense, well, all metaphors are meaningless. They're hollow. And they don't convey anything. They're just tautologies, which enfold on themselves. Is life a story? Does life have chapters? Does life have a climax? Does life... All these sorts of derivatives of this question, does life have a story? It's, it, it can be very much giving of a feeling that it doesn't work. And when something doesn't work, it is easy to say, well, nothing works. Metaphors don't work. And my answer to that is, well, actually, you just need to use the right metaphor. And you need to understand your assumptions. You need to understand what is appropriate and helpful and what is misleading and what is sort of outdated. Now, here's another one we mentioned. We mentioned maps. Now, are there maps of meaning? Are there maps of consciousness? Are there maps of the mind? And let's ask ourselves, what, what is a map? What is a map? What's the history of maps? There must have been a point, at some point in history, there must have been a time when the country you're in right now had the first person to attempt to draw a map of it, geographical map. And they would have been walking, trekking, sailing, expeditioning in any which way around the circumference to try and work out exactly what is the geographical situation here. How do we draw this map? Now, of course, if you look at those early maps, then we can see that they're, well, depending on which country you're in, they're they're not used anymore. That's the point, is that we've updated our maps. We have more accurate maps. And the way that that happens is that more people navigate the area, more people explore. And technology evolves. The age of civilization evolves. And that leads us to the technologies that allow us today to have the maps that we do have and the accuracy in the maps that we do have of geographical lands, of the continents of this planet. 
And you can say, well, how, how does that apply to consciousness? And you can say, well, who was the first person to go out and discover consciousness and try to map it themselves? And then how many people since then have followed that map and gone out into that similar territory and improved upon it? And how updated now are our maps of consciousness or maps of meaning or maps of experience, maps of mind, maps of the self? And you can say, well, it's a matter of... (laughs) It's a matter of knowledge there, because there are some good maps. But better ones are coming. You can always say better ones are coming. And this idea that a continent is a thing, and then we either need an accurate map and it's either accurate or inaccurate, well, even in the terms of even in terms of geography, that doesn't exactly apply. But in the case of consciousness and the mind, that definitely doesn't apply. It's not a black on white, yes or no. It's an always evolving, ever unfolding, ever improving, and sometimes not improving, sometimes meandering or regressing through different qualities. And you can ask yourself, well, are there levels of consciousness? You can say, well, is levels the right word to use? Maybe we should say there are maps of consciousness. Maybe we should say there are procedures of consciousness. Maybe we should say there are recipes for consciousness. And really, when we talk about levels, I I often hear levels like, oh, you have to get to the next level. Oh, we have to improve. We have to get higher. We have to get better. Go up a level. Go up the levels. Yes, yes, yes. And this is a fun game. This is important. I'm not undermining that component of our inner explorations. But just keep it in check. Just understand that levels is not always the most appropriate metaphor. And not even also the higher levels it might be lower levels so this thing of higher and lower is deceptive it's it's deeply deceptive and sometimes lower i like to say well things are deeper i like to get deeper i don't want to get high with my relationship i want to get deep with my relationship with people and with life and even this thing of up and down well that's a metaphor you notice that are you, which, which way is up for you? Your point up, your point down? Well, then that's just the same as this thing of the car being a vessel. That's the same as the, the self being a vehicle. Well, actually, we didn't talk about vessels. It's funny that, uh, well, well, now that we've brought it up, we can say there's a difference between a vehicle and a vessel. And we can just find that by answering it literally. And a vessel is more like a ship. You float from one destination to another and what's in between is a long trek so it's different to a car in some ways in many ways and we can dissect all the literal differences to have 
a deeper metaphorical understanding and apply it to the self or consciousness or the mind. But let me just remind you of or re-discuss or re-draw our attention again back to this thing of up and down and higher levels of consciousness and lower levels of consciousness. And of course, we've been talking about navigating mountains and your local neighborhood. Now, now what if you were navigating planets? What if you were navigating the stars? What if you were out in space? Now, there's been, in recent times, a resurgence of, well, I don't know if it's a resurgence, but there's a, a deep popularity in these movies, which are set in space. And there's a lot of them. It's a whole genre of music, so I won't, la- I won't name any particular movies. You, know, you all know your favorites, you all have your favorites, and I have my favorites too. And these movies have incredibly virtuosic and modern visual effects and camera angles. And they do all this amazing, hyper-modern, cutting-edge technology CGI and machines and different green screens and all these camera angles and these boom arms and drone cameras and all these things so that you can get a sense when you're sitting in the theater of directionless. So there's no up and no down. Because when you're in space, there is no up and down. You're floating. And the way you navigate around is very different. It's very different for an astronaut to be in a spaceship. So if you go, if you go to him and say, well, what, what are the levels on this spacecraft? Well, he might say that. Well, there's this level and this level. But those levels are not related to up and down. And they would have to have their own... I imagine that astronauts have their own language. They have their own terms. Just like sailors have port and starboard instead of left and right. And the bow and the stern instead of front and back. Have I got that right? Wait, the bow is the... It's the bow the back or the stern the back. If you're a sailor, please correct me. But the point is that these things of levels, this thing of levels doesn't really apply to the astronaut. And these movies really are great because you realize that when you're in the movie, when you're watching the movie, you're sitting and your sense of the whole point of the movie is to, you, you still remain sitting you just sit there you still you've still got up you've still got down you're still looking forwards out of your eyes the screen doesn't move the, str- the screen doesn't tilt sideways or this and that it's all in the camera work and if it's very captivating if it's a very well done movie then you can still get that sense of being in space while you're sitting there you can have that floating feeling or that disorientating feeling some of them are very dramatic there's a lot of violence and drama and the outrageous camera angles can make you feel a bit nauseous. And that's the art to breaking down this 
this thing of up and down or levels. So are there levels of consciousness? Well, I'd like to ask, are there levels in space? And really, when I see all these different ways of talking and these different systems, and, and of course there are different systems, like different authors have their favorite metaphors. Some, some authors use the butterfly as the metaphor of the human soul or the self. Some, some authors use the sailing ship as the journey to consciousness or to self-realization. Some authors use multiple metaphors. And some systems of transformation do use higher and level and lower levels. Other systems use inwards and outwards instead of higher and lower. Some use big and small. They polarize smaller and smaller and smaller and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the list goes on. To me, these are all... They're they're all different things that I can hold and understand. And comparing their differences and seeing their differences and knowing when to embrace one or leave one aside because it's not quite appropriate just for this moment, that's the skill we want. We don't want to be so caught up in, oh, I need need super-consciousness. I need the highest level of superconsciousness. Now, is there such thing as consciousness and then superconsciousness or unconsciousness? Is that a metaphor? Is that just a way of speaking? And I really hope it, it's coming across the difference between a word. The map is not the territory. That's a, that's a common cliche in spiritual circles. Many spiritual gurus say this. The map is not the territory. Well, you need to have a lot of maps and ladders and systems and procedures before you start to see that. And nets and webs and stories. Basically, you need everything. <laughs> That's what I'm advocating is you, you need everything. You need more. You, you just need more of everything. And the more you see, the more you can't see more without seeing more. It really is that simple. And I hope that's not too much of a tautology. Maybe I should put it into a metaphor to help illustrate it. The self the mind, consciousness, experience, values, meaning, levels, ladders, maps, hierarchies, vehicles, spirals, systems, procedures, recipes, formulas, theories, webs. We did mention states and structures and beliefs a little bit, but we didn't say much about them. And there is somewhere that there is a point where a belief 
is a metaphor. And we can say, well, I believe in God and he's a metaphor for fill in the blank. God is a metaphor to me, not a belief. And you could even argue, you could make the argument that, well, all beliefs are metaphorical. God, God the Father, that's a metaphor. What is a father? The Lamb of God. What is a lamb? What are the characteristics of the lamb? And there are all sorts of metaphors in religious texts. But it's the same thing as what we're doing here. You can dissect them. What I'm trying to give you is the it's the meta formula. So you don't want to just be able to say, are there levels of consciousness? You want to be able to say, well, yes, there are levels, but there are also formulas and theories and ladders and maps. And we can use multiple ones of them and we can answer that question literally and we can answer it metaphorically. And we can just complexify everything. And through that complexity, we see that, well, there's something in common for all these things, which is the skill, the the meta skill of understanding. Are there levels to a building? Are there levels to a tree? Are there levels to a mountain? To a desert? Do you use a map to navigate a desert or the ocean? I think actually a compass is more useful to you in the desert than a map. Whereas if you're driving your car in a city, well then a street map is more useful than a compass. And if you're navigating the skies in a plane, well, then that's, that's different again. And if you're in a spaceship, well, you don't really need a... You're not going to have a compass or a map on a spaceship, are you? So I hope that's enough to chew on for this question. Are there levels of consciousness? And whenever, one, whenever anyone starts talking about levels of consciousness or differences in consciousness, just keep this skill in mind. And also ask yourself, how, how convinced is that person? Because really they shouldn't be too convinced. You should never be totally convinced by a metaphor. A metaphor is not real in a manner of speaking. So, as usual, we can just finish with a few minutes of silence. So, if it's comfortable for you to do so, stop what you're doing. Sit down somewhere quietly and just close your eyes. And just just once, just this once, allow yourself to meditate. And just sit listening to your thoughts.
and take a few minutes to digest everything we've talked about here today. And yes, that is a metaphor. And that's all I have to say for now.